Welcome to this podcast of the Episcopal Church of Good Shepherd in Venice, Florida. This is the evening of the Easter Vigil 2022, and you will hear Father Joe Hudson preaching after he has baptized a new member of the faithful. The Holy Gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, according to St. Luke. On the first day of the week at early dawn, the women came to the tomb taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling cloths stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words, and returning to the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, and the mother of James, and the other women with them, who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. The Gospel of the Lord. God, speak to our hearts, minds, and souls this evening in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Before I just share a few short words, I know it's kind of scary when a preacher says few short words, but uh, let me first, for those who are a little bit more unfamiliar with uh, Episcopal church services and church in general, This is a whole lot longer than a church service normally is, and there's a whole lot packed into this one. It's a real special evening throughout the whole year. The rock-hewn cave was a place of death. The women entered the tomb intent on fulfilling the required Jewish ritual, a ritual that to many Western sensibilities was a bit macabre and grotesque, taking oils and spices and anointing the stiff, battered body of Jesus. Upon entering the cave, the women were shocked to find the tomb empty. Jesus' body was not where it had been placed, but a moment later they realized that someone else was in this tomb. They were frightened to see two men in shining clothes standing there. The angel spoke to them, Why are you looking for a living person in this place for the dead? He is not here. He has risen from the dead. 
The angel's report claimed that despite all evidence to the contrary, Jesus was now somehow alive. Their minds could make no sense of this report. Dead, after all, was dead. They knew the look of death. They had seen and anointed bodies and had smelled the stench of death emanating from the tombs. Life never followed the finality of death. It was always the other way around. Death always followed after life. It was, after all, the inevitable cycle that has been embedded within all of creation. After a long life, an individual would eventually begin to get gray hair and experience some form of sickness before eventually dying. The psalmist in the scriptures wrote this, Seventy years are given to us. Some even live to eighty. But even the best years are filled with pain and trouble. Soon they disappear and we fly away. But it seemed that with the angel's report, death may not be the predetermined end game. The angel said, he is risen from the dead. Tonight's great vigil of Easter service is a powerful visual demonstration of God's new economy, the promise that death will lead to resurrection, life, and hope. This service began in silence and darkness, and soon we heard the ringing of bells and lights flooded every corner of this room. The Lenten somber tones and absence of joy eventually broke free in rejoicing, as we expanded our lungs to shout, Alleluia! Darkness and light, death and new life. The Bible and our Book of Common Prayer are filled with these themes. For example, as the scriptures speak of baptism and we look at the baptismal liturgy in the Book of Common Prayer that we follow this evening, they are filled with the imagery of death and life. The prayer book contains many rubrics, frequent instructions that are given in small italics font that tell us how we are supposed to do something. And Deacon Michael, can you hand me my BCP there? I forgot to grab it. See, there's my next mistake this evening. 307. The rubrics for baptism in the Book of Common Prayer state this. At the bottom of 307, it says, Each candidate, like John this evening, is presented by name to the celebrant, that's me, or to an assisting priest or deacon who then immerses or pours water upon the candidate, saying, and then they say the words, the word placement for rubrics is important. Notice here that for baptism, the celebrant is to, quote, immerse or pour water upon the candidate. So immersion is mentioned first before pouring. So the directed preference for the priest is towards immersion. John, aren't you glad I didn't try to do that this evening? It is towards immersion rather than pouring. 
However, most Episcopal churches do not have a large baptistry. Instead, they have a baptismal font like that one right over there. Most Episcopal churches use pouring. Now, maybe that's because pouring is not as messy and requires less work than preparing the baptistry with warm water. You don't want them going when they step in and making sure everyone is clothed properly and has a room where they can change back into dry clothes later. It's quite an ordeal. But why does the Book of Common Prayer give preference to immersion? Again, it is because of the symbolism. Pouring water on someone's head will rarely, if ever, kill them. However, if you are held under the water long enough, which I kind of threatened John, I could, you know, if I really wanted to, I could hold his head under there, but I don't think it would work too well. If you do hold someone under long enough, they will die. You see, the imagery of going under water is a visual imagery like that of being buried under the ground. So let me turn to today's Bible example of baptism as a symbol of death and life. In Romans chapter 6, verse 4, we heard these words this evening. We were buried with Christ by baptism into death. You see, the visual imagery of going down under the water in baptism, of being buried, is a symbolism of our identification with Jesus in his death. Just as Jesus died, we share in his death. Our death is a death to sin, death to human willfulness and our ego-driven desires that can sometimes wreak havoc with us. But thanks be to God, the story does not end in death. There is hope on the other side of dying. Let me read the, the full verse in Romans chapter 6. It says this, We were buried with Christ by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too may walk in a new way of life. The symbolic death we experience through baptism leads to new resurrection life. Under the water and out of the water, death and new life. Whenever I have baptized individuals by immersion, and yes, I've done a good number of those in my other denominational days primarily, the two of us would enter the water about waist deep. As I took hold of them, I would lower them into and then raise them out of the water with these words, buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in newness of life. Coming out of the water is a symbol of life from death, of resurrection, new life. Both elements are important in baptism, death and resurrection. You cannot have resurrection unless there has been some form of death. The Christian faith carries the promise of new life and resurrection. A few minutes ago, our brother John received the waters of baptism, and as the sign of the cross was placed on his forehead, he was anointed with the Holy Spirit. As Episcopalians, it is through the waters of baptism that we are promised new life. The Apostle Paul spoke of this when he said, 
When we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death. For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. For John, this evening, baptism was his sealing in the Holy Spirit of God. But it was also a decision to die to sin and live the new life God offers him. After John was baptized, you and I also renewed our baptismal vows. We each committed anew to die to all things contrary to the kingdom of God and to avail ourselves of God's power, enabling us to live as children of God, death and resurrection life, chosen by us day by day and sometimes moment by moment, turning from darkness and towards the light. Now, do we always choose light? Do we always make the right choice? Well, of course not. But when we fail, we turn to the light, seek forgiveness, and start again. The angels spoke to the woman at the tomb about Jesus. Why do you seek the living among the dead? Resurrection life was meant to be Jesus' natural state, not death. These are words that should apply daily to your life and mine as well. We are, after all, resurrection people. We are those alive from the dead. We are children of the light.
Welcome to this podcast of the Episcopal Church of Good Shepherd in Venice, Florida. This is the evening of the Easter Vigil 2022, and you will hear Father Joe Hudson preaching after he has baptized a new member of the faithful. <laughs> 